Zach, you're late. Ah, sorry, Scott. There was a disturbance. Always a disturbance with you. Come on, look. Last year, we did 120 daily episodes about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one minute at a time. This year, we have to cover the sequel. If we don't, not only are we defaulting on our podcast guarantee, but we'll lose the listeners forever. Look, you're my only hope. You need to record 125 daily episodes in six and one quarter months, or our show is canceled. All 125 minutes of Spider-Man 2? Including the time when Peter fights with a janitor's closet? Yes! What about that time Aunt May threw him a birthday party and only two people showed up? That too. Or when that guy from that really old movie, Army of Darkness, keeps him from seeing Mary Jane's play? Obviously. Even the time that Peter loses his powers and has to share an elevator with E! Entertainment's own Hal Sparks? We're covering every single minute of Spider-Man 2, from pizza time to train-related crimes and everything in between, on Season 2 of Spider-Man Minute. So if people want to listen, they should just go to DuelingGenre.com or wherever they get their podcasts, right? Right. Go! Actually, I wrote I wrote out so much for this minute. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> we, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good. and the Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Scott Corelli with us again. Welcome back, Scott. Hello. Glad to be here. Hello. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. It's been a fun week so far. I'm having a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, today is a very dialogue-heavy minute. We're talking about minute number 104, which starts with... Um, oh, you know what's silly? I wrote in my notes it starts with prefect Dumbles because of like something he says... Uh, and it ends with the statue of the architect of Hogwarts. Oh. Um, yeah, he, it's like in the background. We've talked about it before, but I'll point it out when we get there. Okay. Uh, my first note just says verbal chess, because that's exactly what this whole minute feels like to me. Just the two of them sort of like, mm. sort of, I don't want to say dancing around each other, but just sort of like ch- checking each other out. Well, and I, and I think it's really interesting too, because, well, I mean, one of my favorite things about this scene and like the reason why I, I asked for it specifically is because yeah. of um, how much of like, I, I think when we're done, when we have all five of the fantastic beast movies, we're going to look back on this movie and go, Holy crap, <laughs> because <laughs> there's, there's th- this whole thing, this whole exchange between Tom and Dumbledore. Like you can sense that Dumbledore and it's so interesting because I don't know what Richard Harris's direction was, but he's looking yeah. at this guy like, I know what you are. Like, I knew someone just like you. And yeah. like it, you know, like he can see through him because he knew someone just like him. And, yep. uh, you know, it was very close uh, to him. Um, yeah. 
And I, I, I just think that this is so interesting watching this sociopathic kid trying to pull the wool over Dumbledore's eyes and Dumbledore's just not having it because he's like, there was, there was an evil guy around for a while and he, you know, fool me once, shame, shame on him. Fool me twice. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, it's not going to happen again. Uh, you sociopath. Um, exactly. It's also so interesting though, because he, he gives, he delivers this line to Tom um, where he says like, is there something you wish to tell me? Yes. And, and, and I'm particularly interested in that line because it's the same thing that he asked Harry mm-hmm. um, in his office a few weeks ago after he found the body of, uh, after he found the body of Justin Finch Fletchley. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an interesting, like. And their response is exactly the same too. Yeah. Yep. No, sir. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I find that so interesting because like, I don't know. I don't know if Harry sees it yet, but like Harry's been worried. We talked about this a lot in the first movie and we, it's come up a few times in this one that Harry's worried that he's going to like go bad or become like Voldemort or, mm-hmm. you know, sink into this. Maybe he is the heir of Slytherin and he is actually doing this and he just doesn't remember or something like that. And so the fact that like we retroactively, now that we know who Tom Riddle is, those of us who've seen this movie before, everyone who's listening, presumably, we know that Tom Riddle is going to turn out to be the bad guy. Um, seeing the the things that not only like do they share the same wand do they like ha- like share the same wand core they both were going to be or almost got sorted into slytherin um they're both parcel mouth right but like on top of that like some of the mannerisms some of the like the things that they this the things that they say the conversations that they have with dumbledore are exactly the same and i find that really interesting yeah i mean you know it really just that idea of um it's it's a really great arc for for Harry in this movie because yeah he comes in believing because of the events of the first of, of his first year at Hogwarts he sort of comes in believing like we were talking about yesterday he doesn't ask a lot of questions he just sort of yeah kind of you know he just sort of rolls with it and is just like oh yeah like I am destined to be this this thing you know like <laughs> am I am I destined to be this thing. Am I going to be this thing or am I going to be this thing? Like he he's not sort of taking any responsibility for it because he just sort of sees it out of out of his hands. And yeah. this whole movie is about how like, no, it's not out of your hands. Like that's the whole point. All of these things are, are a choice. You know, like we've got this Gilderoy Lockhart guy and, you know, it just seems like to Harry at the beginning, it's like, oh, well, I guess this guy was just like destined to be a hero or whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to ask any questions because I'm Harry Potter and I don't ask questions. Yeah. But but <laughs> then you find out like, oh, no, Gilderoy Lockhart is he he made a choice and he's like, I want to be presented like this. And so I'm going to do these evil things so that mm-hmm. I can play the part of a hero. And that's. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Like the Harry's arc in this movie is about learning that you're not destined for anything. You, you make choices and those choices affect your life and affect who you are as a person. And he's seeing how he made that choice to lie to Dumbledore. Um, and you know, now he's looking at this guy and he's, you know, saying the same thing. I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting. Like the way that, choice is uh sort of fed into harry's arc in this in this book and in this movie yeah uh, really good 
I think it's I think it's particularly interesting just listening to you talk about this because we have that um that idea that like he could be this kid, the chosen one, the boy who lived, the one who defeated Voldemort, or like we had him earlier in this movie, he was afraid that he was maybe the heir of Slytherin. He had a we got a, a deleted scene that got added back for this extended cut where he asks, like, what if you could do something, even something horrible, and not remember that you did it? Mm-hmm. And so he's like He's he is you're right like a passenger on like whatever's happening right now, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a moment in the book that's not in the movie, but when he finds Justin Finch Fletchley's body in the book, there's a moment where he considers like, oh like I could just leave and not be here, and people won't associate me with whatever crime happened here. But because Harry has this sort of noble heart, like he wants to find he'd rather find help for Justin and let people still think that he's the heir of Slytherin and he's responsible mm-hmm. than to like rush off and and have presumably something else something else bad happen he'd rather like you know be the one to find out what's really going on right right yeah yeah and i think that that's particularly interesting i like just that idea that like he is taking on the responsibility of figuring this mystery out because we talked about early on like this doesn't really have anything to do with harry Mm -hmm. he just happened to be at the scene of the crime a couple times but like they take it upon themselves to investigate this mystery Mm mm-hmm and the and the concept of choice it goes even deeper than that because it's it's also really talking about like the fact that you know evil people aren't just they're they aren't just evil they choose to be that way like they people choose to be racist um yeah. you don't have to be racist you choose to be racist and that's kind of what this movie's about too uh i just mm-hmm. Oh man, I really There's so much subtext. That's I, so good here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so it's so interesting because, like, I mean, and that's that's the great thing about these movies, right? It's like you can gush about e- any of them, even the one that you don't like that much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so much to dig apart. Like, it's so amazing because, like, Victoria and I, we've had so many like deep dive discussions about, especially things like race and prejudices and mm-hmm. things like that in this movie. And then, like, you remember that these are books that are written for kids. Like, we shelved them in the middle grade section at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, like, they're dealing with, like, such adult themes and just these really clever, these ways that, like, kids are going to grasp and understand. Right. Right. And and you know what? To a certain extent, the, the whole thing with Harry just sort of saying, you know, like, oh, maybe maybe I am, like, the, the you know, the destined boy who lived guy. Or yeah. maybe maybe I am the heir of Slytherin. And just sort of it's like he's not he's not trying to make choices to go one way or the other or or go his own way he's just sort of investigating to try and figure out what his destiny is and yeah. it's it's interesting because you you hear so often when you look at um you know young people who are racist and you'll hear those people that will just be like oh well look at their parents what do you expect and it's like, oh, so they're just mm-hmm. destined to be racist. Well, no, they're making We've a choice. We've talked about Draco that way. Right, right. Like at a certain point, you have to make a choice of whether or not you're going to be an evil person. Yeah. And I, and that's what this whole movie is about. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that's really good. I'm really excited to talk about Draco going forward. Like Half Blood Prince in particular. Like it's this same struggle. But from like so for someone else, right? Like Draco's now the one that's going through with making the choice of like, am I going to go through with this and do this thing that that the Dark Lord wants me to do, or like, right. am I going to be the better person and and not kill this man? And uh, 
I don't know, just, we only get it, like, in an ancillary way because we're so in Harry's head, but just watching that struggle that he has is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he does grow from it, which is it's unexpected, right? Like, at the end of, of Deathly Hallows, like, I feel so much better about Draco Malfoy than I have the whole rest of the series. And that was just something I didn't expect, I don't think, like... A redemption for... Not redemption necessarily, but just like an understanding of who this guy is. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. And so, like, it's just... It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I have, like, you know, this... I don't want to go through all of the dialogue, this back and forth that they're having. But I have a couple of things that I marked specifically that I wanted to discuss. And it's... uh Dumbledore and, and Tom are talking about the events that happened. Like, he wanted to see if it was true... And then he asks, uh, Tom asks, like, about the school as well. I don't have a home to go to. They really wouldn't close Hogwarts, would they, sir? And I, and I find that really interesting because for me, like, my, my, the way I imagine this is that, that Voldemort was, was planning this probably for a while. Like, he wants to create a Horcrux. He wants to see if this is possible. He is the heir of Slytherin and he knows the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets. So he has the, the beck and call of this monster but like once once it's released and someone dies now like now it's it's not only is it his power over the muggleborns or the mud the mudbloods whatever you want to call them um this is now also a threat to his own like sense of safety right yeah. like all of a sudden this thing that was giving him power is now going to like mean that he doesn't have a home to stay at so I was like, ah, oh, no. And so now that, he has to this turn... backfire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. And so now yeah. he's got to turn around and, like, clean up the mess he made. Yeah. In, of a, in a sense. And I just, I find that really, really interesting. And so, you know, Hogwarts, uh, uh, Hogwarts might close and Dumbledore tells him, like, you know, Dippet might not have a choice. Like, this might be something that has to, has to happen. And, and Tom's response, again, I, I started this, but he says, sir... If it all stopped, if the person responsible were caught, and 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 that's just, like, the gears are working in Tom's head. Tom realizes that, like, oh, no, like, this thing I did may have been, a, not, not that it may have been a mistake, but, like, oh, this is threatening my home now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can I do to fix it? And I think that that, that particular question is what, what gets Dumbledore. That's why Dumbledore asks, like, is there something you wish to tell me? Mm-hmm. Right. Because he he knows. Like, like that's oh, an like, interesting line of questioning here. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, is it true? I don't have anywhere to go. Like, what if what if the person who did it was stopped? Like, that's not. Right. Like, if you weren't guilty, like I can imagine, like you would want the first question. You're like, oh, they're really going to close the school? Like that would be a real uh-huh. question. And it's just like, oh, then what's going to happen? Would kind of be like the your follow neck, up. your follow up. But like, instead, the follow up is like, what if they were caught? Like he's like, it's a per- it's, it's very specific. To, it's personal to Tom. Yeah. Uh, and Dumbledore reads right through it. Oh yeah, because he's not. He wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Far he was born it. quite Far a while from it. Quite a while ago. He's quite wise. He was born in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah crazy he's like in his 50s already it's crazy i know her 40s late 40s early 50s he looks a lot older than that but i think that's what he's supposed to be he didn't age well no (laughs) no just this verbal sparring back and forth here yeah i think i you know i i think that tom 
I, I like that he's making he he's made a mistake here because it's yeah. it it's just um it just shows you that like oh he didn't start as like this all wise you know evil wise beyond his years yeah, yeah super villain like he's yeah. he's you know he killed someone and it was a mistake because now he's going to lose the school that he loves so much Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing he had, the only home he has. Right. And again, like Harry. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, and you know, he's uh, like, I, I think he found out about Hagrid a long time ago. And yeah. I think that he's just been holding on to it to use as like a trump card for, to get himself out of trouble if he ever needed to, or to yep. hold it over his head. Cause you know, he's definitely manipulative. I don't, I don't think he's, uh, I, and I'm sure he's intelligent. Um, a lot of sociopaths are, but yeah. I, I think that he's, I, I think he knew about Hagrid, but didn't know how he was going to use that knowledge yet uh-huh. until right. this moment. And yeah. he was like, oh, was like, I guess oh, now I have person, to pull this out. What if the monster out. were caught? Yeah. What if the person responsible were found out? Right, right. I know who to throw under the bus. Right. He's like, oh, I can, I, dirt I can on. go pull that card now. I can use this. Yeah. yeah. I wish, I, I kind of wish when he walked away, we talked about this yesterday, but I kind of wish when, when Tom disengaged with the conversation and walked away from Dumbledore, that Dumbledore like sort of faded. Like Harry had oh. to follow because like. Because his, he, cause he, it's not his story, it's yeah. Tom's story. Right. Yeah. Tom well, doesn't what, know what Dumbledore's doing when he turns the corner, so yeah. Dumbledore fades. Yeah, that's what I was uh that's what I was referring to with like the eternal sunshine kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's... I think that that would have been really effective here, but Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> so we get we just get this one final shot and there's these two statues. Actually, I don't know what the statue in the foreground is. There's like two opposing statues on either end of this little hallway, like one on one side of the alcove and one on the other. And uh, the one on our side has like its arm outstretched, but I don't know what it is from the front. But the one on the other end um, is the same statue we saw earlier. This is the architect of Hogwarts. He's got in one hand, on his uh, right hand, he's holding a model of Hogwarts school. And in his left, he's got like rolls of parchment, which I think where we talked about were like the schematics. This was the statue that Harry and Ron hid behind when they levitated those cupcakes for Crabbe and Goyle. Yeah. So mm. this is the same hallway where Crabbe and Goyle passed out. Probably somewhere around here is the little cubby that they got shoved into. The yeah. little uh, broom uh, cupboard. Bro- yeah, broom closet. Mm. Yep. Yep. So just a little bit of architectural sameness that I, uh, that I was fond of. Uh. Yeah. I think we called it a janitor's closet. We're Filch Filch's closet. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just I think they should call it a broom closet in the in the book, which is silly because like when I read broom broom closet in Harry Potter, I assume there's like racing brooms in there and not like brooms to sweep the school. Oh my god, there's both. I guess so. Maybe there's both. Maybe it's just there's no 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 no. It's just there. It's two in one. Filch uses them to sweep, but kids could use them to fly around because he doesn't have any magic, but they do. That'd be ridiculous if you could just enchant like a regular like sweeping broom to like, you can. fly on. It's just on. a levitation spell. But it would look silly. Like, it mm. like when you go by the racing brooms, well, they look very fancy. Yeah, they do now, they but when you, look in, when you look in Quidditch Through the Ages, the early racing brooms were just brooms out of There's people's brooms. closets. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Filch silly. 
when no one's around, do you think he like runs around with the brooms and pretends he's a Quidditch player? Oh, that's so sad. I I think that when he was a younger when he was a younger yeah. man, maybe I think now he's just soured to the point that it's just like an affront. Mm. He's, just, he's yeah. very sour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of sucks. We got to see a squib letter in the movie earlier, which was fun, but we mm-hmm. don't get to any discussion about it about what it means or anything. Hmm. Uh, I think that was all I had for this one. How are you guys? Yeah. Over here. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining us once more, Scott. Of course. Would you like to plug anything else today? Uh, oh, just, you've got a million things to plug. <laughs> yeah, go, uh, if you like Doctor Who, uh, another uh, yeah. British staple, um, go, go check out uh, The Doctor's Companion, the podcast I do with Nick and Cassandra. And we talk about... Uh, Every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. Uh, so we do like a story from each doctor, like uh, in order. But we don't do like all of the first doctor and then all the second. We do like <laughs> one story of each uh, in order. But anyway, it's, it's a very it's a very fun listen. I actually really enjoy your show during the the uh, the on season when the episodes are airing because it's nice to like watch the episode and then like hear your guys' discussion of it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're yeah. excited for the show to come back. We don't know when it's happening, but sometime this year, I guess. Eagerly anticipating the 13th. Mm-hmm. And I'm how. excited. And how. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another minute of Harry Potter. Uh, come back tomorrow as we wrap up the week with Minute 105. And uh, go find us on Twitter. If, you, uh, if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at HP Minute, where I post links to the show and occasionally other things. And then come, yeah, come back tomorrow for Minute 105. Mischief Mischief Managed. managed.